Happy New Year. Vandy gets a big win in basketball before conference play, and we set New Year's resolutions here on the Locked on Vandy podcast. Let's go. You are Locked on Vandy, your daily podcast on the Vanderbilt Commodores, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Vandy Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Thanks for making Locked On Vandy your first listen every single day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's right, $150. 50 bucks if your team wins. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, Jerry Stackhouse and the basketball team found some answers in a win over in a win over Dartmouth this past Saturday. That momentum could carry into the conference opener this coming Saturday versus Alabama. So what are those answers you might ask? Well, I think when you can uh I was actually in attendance for this game. Uh, sat in Section 3 BC. Um, is center court. Uh, had some really, really good seats uh, for this one. I uh, saw Tyron Lawrence drop 13 of his season-high 22 points in the first half. Um, they got off to a slow start, which is pretty common for this team. But I noticed that they – and this started with Tyron Lawrence. They, they went on a run. And – Right before halftime, they went on this big run, and then uh, they were, uh, you know, they, they cruised in the second half. Ezra Magnon uh, had 23 as a game high. Uh, he scored 19 of those in the second half. So, like, they just they found a groove, man. Um, they they kept a double digit late, um, double digit lead late, I should say. Uh, they, I mean, it, it was it was one of those games where. It didn't look like either team wanted to win at first, and it and it was off to the typical Jerry Stackhouse Vanderbilt team of this year: bad shot selection, getting out rebounded, losing opportunities at the rims at the rim, impatient, and forcing bad shots, especially three pointers. Well, at some point there was a timeout late in the first half where they came out and then just. And I think it was, and it was Tyron. It was Tyron Lawrence took one to the rack, had a really nice drive, really nice finish, and that just kind of got the momentum going. It it seemed to settle this team down because I think what I noticed in person watching them versus like on TV, you can't really pick up on it. But like the nervous energy when you're in the building, you can pick up on it a little bit. They were pressing. They were trying to. They were trying to take a big lead early. They were trying to hit shots, and, and they were trying to too hard. They were trying too hard to, to play perfect basketball, and, and this team's not perfect. But they they found their groove. They started communicating a little bit. They started seeing they started seeing openings. They started playing like a team, which is something that every game that I've watched since I since I've started this podcast that I've noticed that they just don't play as a unit and when they don't play as a unit they go on these big long scoring droughts and and i can see why they go on these scoring droughts because they take bad shots and they can't rebound 
and then um, they were giving them they were giving them easy easy baskets to uh, to Dartmouth. But you know, one of the things that helped was Dartmouth went absolutely ice cold at the end of the first half. Vanderbilt got red hot at the right time, and then once Vanderbilt grabbed that momentum, they didn't really they didn't really relinquish it. So, you know, Ezra Magnon is the guy that he brings it every night, as Jerry Stackhouse said. He's the guy that they feature. But in order for Vanderbilt to be successful, Tyron Lawrence has to get going. Jason Rivera-Torres has to get going. You know, they have to get other guys involved. And these other guys have to be a big part of the game plan. And so um, this is important. And this was a, this was a big step in the right direction for Vanderbilt to kind of like figure their way out because this game was shaping out to be one that Dartmouth was going to come out winning and we're going to be left scratching our heads going, okay, what the heck just happened? We just lost to Dartmouth. But uh, then again, that didn't didn't play out that way. So um, it, I was impressed. I, I walked away with impressed with – and not because, you know, Dartmouth's 4-8 and eight and Dartmouth is not a very good basketball team. So it's not like – that's not the reason why I'm impressed. The reason why I'm impressed is because Vanderbilt early on kept finding ways to get themselves behind. And then late in the first half and on through the second half, they found their way back into it. They found they found a way to hit tough baskets. They they started hitting some of the threes and they started they hit from the free throw line and they just you know, they just kind of woke up a little bit. They, you know, it it I think a perfect adjective is sluggish so they they kept the defensive effort going um they held uh they held dartmouth i think to just 41 percent shooting um and they just again they just got going so i i think it was again they were talking on defense they're they, 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 they just played relaxed most most of the, the second half and Part of the in the last part of the first half, they just played relaxed and they they were they finally looked like a team that was comfortable with each other. They finally looked like a team that wasn't pressing, and they finally looked like a team that understood how to play team basketball. Right. So so what does this mean for the conference opener against Alabama? Well, what this absolutely means is that you know they can continue this style play, and and they need to. One of their New Year's resolutions for the men's basketball team is for them to get started faster. They need to be on the same page right out of the gates. They need better shot selection, more patience. Uh, they need to find some sort of presence around the rim. I, I think getting Jason Rivera-Torres in the starting lineup from the jump would be good. I, I think getting him going, once he got going, he was really, really good. And just finding the right mix of guys. I mean, I, I don't think the starting lineup was the right was the right mix. But when they started bringing in um, Torres, they brought in some other guys um, throughout the throughout the course of the night. I, I think it was was good. But Tyron Lawrence has got to be somebody that's a that's a permanent fixture there. He's got to get a lot of minutes, the majority of the minutes. Uh, Ezra Manyan obviously uh, gets a lot of the minutes, and everything runs through him. But for the you know, I think for the first time all season, it didn't. Have to run 100% through Manion. It, it could run. You could you could 
you could feed Lawrence, you can feed Torres, you can feed Lang, you can feed whoever. And it was okay. And that's what you like to see, right? Um, and I, I was I was impressed with that. So here's some stats um, from the game. Uh, Tyron Lawrence had 22, Ezra 23 points. Uh, Williams had five. Kometros, uh, the the big Greek Tassos, uh, he had six, and Rivera Torres had six off the bench. He was three of eleven. Uh, three rebounds. Uh, you had eight rebounds from Lawrence, almost a double double, and uh, they were, you know, as a team, they were twenty six of sixty two, and uh, yeah, it it was uh, it was good. So they uh, <laughs> they they won sixty nine fifty one. It was a uh, it was really really good or sixty nine fifty three. Sorry. Uh, that they were uh, they were outstanding for the first time all year. You could say, okay, this team was outstanding. They could find something to go on. So, keys to Alabama, early keys to Alabama. We'll talk more about this as we get closer to that game. But like keys against Alabama, come out, come out fast. You know, run a little bit, play um, play defense around the rim, get rebounds, um, try to make Alabama shoot and beat you from behind the arc and try to make them by beating you by hitting jumpers and contested jumpers at that. Uh, don't let them near the rim. Don't let them rebound. Don't let them get second chance buckets. On the offensive end, be patient. Move the ball around. Find a good shot. Don't just, hey, just because you're open doesn't necessarily mean you should take the shot. A three from the corner is a very low percentage shot. If you can move the ball around and get closer to the rim and either get a an old-fashioned three-point play or just get a layup or, or, or get some sort of easy bucket. I think Vanderbilt's a team that it doesn't matter how it goes in. It just needs to go. It just needs to fall. The shots need to fall somehow, some way. It doesn't matter. You need to get two or three points most of your times down the court. You know, your field goal percentage has got to be more consistent. You can't go on these long cold streaks. You can't get started slow against a team like Alabama. They'll run you out of the gym. So it, it's it's got to be it's got to be fast starts. It's got to be patience. It's got to be um, it's got to be really stingy defense. I mean, Vandy, Vandy has to figure out how they can play within their system. Right? They don't have a lot of size, so obviously banging down in the paint is not going to be Vanderbilt's game. So you got to you got to figure out something else, especially against teams in the SEC that have size. So you're gonna to have to figure out how you can get around that with with a little bit smaller of a lineup, and by doing that, it means you might have to open things up a little more. You might have to run a little more. You might have to pass and and get the ball around and, and use your speed and quickness and agility. And you may have to on defense. You'll have to get creative on how you can prevent them from how you can prevent the opposition from getting around the rim. Now, of course, with the lack of size, you are gonna get a few in the paint points if teams are successful in getting those and getting passes down in, into the into the lane. But for the most part, you're gonna have to keep teams honest and you're gonna have to try to force as many perimeter shots as you can and and then get long rebounds and then just try to stay out of foul trouble. And and I think you should be should be pretty successful. And of course the communication thing is key. And I think what whatever whatever system you got whatever system they had going on in the second half there is what needs to be 
had and had for the rest of the year. That's Vandy's basketballs. That's their New Year's resolution. Play like you did in the second half against Dartmouth. There you go. When we come back, we're going to set more New Year's resolutions for football and, and most of the other sports, and we're going to try to set just general general goals for 2024. It's going to be a really, really good year for Vandy Athletics and for this show. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back in a, in a GIF. All right, this show is brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Right. Welcome back. It is the Locked On Vandy podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen, and thank you to the everydayers. You guys are growing, and I certainly appreciate it. The views Show it the view show that you guys are, are there and you're dedicated. And, and I hope that you guys continue to be. And I hope that this I hope this audience grows a little bit. And I hope that my everydayers can can double each and every week. That's my goal for 2024 is to get more and more everydayers, is to get the subscriber count up to a thousand um, by by this by the summertime. Uh is is to get you and provide you the best content that you can get. In the, in the realm of Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt Athletics. So uh, that is my goal. Uh, you're, and I thank you for being an everydayer. I thank you for making this your first listen. And you should stay within this network because uh, your next listen should be the Lockdown SEC podcast. And then if you want to do a little opposition research, Locked on Auburn with Zach Blackerby, Locked on LSU with uh, Caroline Benton. And you should... Uh, Listen to Locked On Texas, which I don't know all the hosts yet, but Locked On Texas is a good one uh, to listen to. Locked On Alabama, Locked On Kentucky. The list goes on. Locked On Ole Miss while you're at it. Uh, Stephen Willis does a does a really, really good job there. Uh, we'll, him and I will probably do a few crossovers during basketball and baseball season uh, because, they don't, because we don't play Ole Miss in football this year for the first time in a long time. So – there you go. New Year's resolutions. All right. What do you want to see for 2024? That is the overarching question. All right. We're going to set goals. That is our objective. There's not really a take here with, with New Year's resolutions. So the take was that Vanderbilt men's basketball can carry that momentum into conference play and be competitive. That was the take based on what I saw against Dartmouth based on what I saw that Vanderbilt is capable of. So what are the New Year's resolutions? Okay, so starting with that, basketball. Get off to fast starts. Have Keep improving the communication and find ways to uniquely win each and every possession. And what do I mean by that? You have to find – you have a unique setting, you have a unique circumstance, and a unique roster. A unique roster that doesn't – that lacks a lot of size overall. 
So you have to take advantage of your lack of size, especially your size down in the paint. So uh, by doing that, you have to play a different style of basketball. What style that is, has got to fit your roster. And that's what they're paying Jerry Stackhouse to do. So I'm going to let him figure that out. And he's got to figure out that it's not like the NBA where you basically just say, okay, you five, let's go get it done. We want, you know, I want this and this. Go make it happen and they make it happen. No, you have to tell college players explicitly what to do. If you don't, then you're probably not going to get the desired result. So that's it for basketball. Um, For football, your New Year's resolution, number one, get offensive linemen in the portal slash the uh, signing day. Okay. You have to get more linemen on board. Like that is, that is number one. Your goal for 2024 is get offensive linemen, get defensive linemen, build in the trenches. That is, that is, that is key. That is paramount to all the success. You got the skill players. You got a lot of pieces, bring it together with some good offensive linemen. If you don't, it's going to be all for naught. So you have to you have to zero in on some linemen when the calendar turns 2024. That is uh, that is now actually. So uh, make sure you do that. Um, offensively, find your identity. That's it. That, that's a, that's a resolution. That's something that did not happen in 2023. It happened a little bit in 22, but it never really happened in 23. You never found your identity. You never found, and by, and a big symptom of that was you couldn't even you couldn't even find the right quarterback. You didn't know who you wanted. You had some talent there. Ken Seals was a really good quarterback. AJ Swan was a really good quarterback. Don't know about Walter Taylor, but he had a lot of talent. And you never really found what your identity was. All three of those guys are good at different things in different ways. And you never really landed on on an identity, and your identity actually just became you're going to play musical quarterbacks, and that's not that's never going to work, you know. Didn't when Spurrier did it didn't work for him. It doesn't work for anybody. You can't play musical quarterbacks, especially in this league. So you have to find an identity, and I think you have your quarterback for next year. I think you have Nate. I think Nate Johnson will end up winning the job. I think finding an identity and something that I think Tim Beck is good at is building his scheme encompasses different types of quarterbacks, right? There's different portions of his scheme that he can develop and employ based on the quarterback that he has, meaning he's adaptable and being adaptable is really, really good because like you're going to have, you're going to have more pocket guys. And I'm not saying like they, they can't run when I say pocket guys, but like Nate Johnson's primary thing is not the pocket. Let's just be, let's just be upfront with that. It's, it's not the pocket. This is not what he's the best at. Can he be good? Can he be a good pocket presence guy? Yeah, absolutely. He can be. Um, will he? Remains to be seen. He probably won't have to be except for quick game. He, I mean, he's good. He's just, He's a freshman. He was a freshman last year. So, you know, you can't expect him to be this dynamic quarterback where he's great in the pocket, great on the run, you know, and great in the run game. It's just for a freshman, that's very difficult. It's a very difficult ask. He was very good in the run game, and he was good on the run. 
throwing the ball. Uh, and and he was he was adequate in the pocket, uh, mostly with mostly with quick game where his catch step and 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 throw. And he's really good at that. He's really good at understanding pre-snap stuff. Now, getting getting through his reads post-snap is got to be something he develops into. Or, and as he does that, not or, but as he does that, Tim Beck has got to find a way to just be able to have a system around him that allows him to do a lot of other things really, really well. So that when he does, when he does require him to to get through reads. He, he can do that, and it could be a couple simple things, and it's not going to lock down your offense because, hey, you're good at RPO, you're good at quarterback run game, you're good at sprint out, play action, and, and moving the pocket. Like you're good at so many other things that like the drop back game really may not matter, and that's okay. I, I my quarterback doesn't have to be a drop back guy. My quarterback can be whatever it takes. And that's what I think Tim Beck is about. He's about whatever it takes. I'll do whatever it takes. And if that's got to be, he's a primary runner that can throw a little bit of quick game and has like one or two RPOs in, in the tank. If you can win that way, great. If it, if he's somebody that ends up being a good pocket guy that can move and run when he needs to, but doesn't really have to and, and doesn't really want that to be a big part of that quarterback's game, he can do that as well. And there's and Vanderbilt signing two guys uh, from high school that are good at that. And St. Hilaire is a good pocket guy that can move and that could run when needed. Whit Muschamp is just a tough, it's just a tough kid. He's probably closer to Nate Johnson than St. Hilaire is. They're slightly different quarterbacks, which I think is is really good as well. I think that really kind of gives you a little bit of variety. So um, Whit Muschamp. Again, a scrappy, can run, throws a good ball. Uh, pretty good at most things. Uh, St. Hilaire, who's a really nice deep ball, understands RPOs extremely well. Uh, really good poise back there. Tall, big big guy, uh, can run if he needs to, but that's not what he primarily does. And he's somebody that can be really, really dangerous. Whit Muschamp can be really dangerous. I mean, Whit Muschamp can be somebody that – just has an it factor. They both have it factors. They were both in the state championships <laughs> the last two years. Whit Muschamp won a state championship last year. St. Hilaire and McCauley won it this year. So these two guys have it factors, right? And they got a very bright future at Vanderbilt. So we'll see kind of where, where this takes him. Uh, New Year's resolutions, all right? Um, we're going to continue those here in just a second. All right, all right, all right. I would be remiss if I didn't uh, make my shout-outs to shout-out to Winky's Barbecue. Uh, They're not paying us, but I'm going to give you a free shout-out here. Great, great barbecue if you're in the Bellevue area. Uh, they got a food truck at the uh, Harpeth Valley uh, Golf Center, so be sure to check them out. They have really good brisket. If you like a little bit of barbecue with a little bit of kick, there you go. Winky's Barbecue. Let's get it. All right. Welcome back. Locked on Vandy. Thanks for making us your first listen. Thank you to the everydayers. You're making this happen each and every day. If you want to follow us, look right here down below. You can find all of our information, which is not a whole lot right now, but it will be as we grow. It'll be incredible. 
I'm up above 100 subscribers. Let's get to 200 by the end of this. Uh, let's get to 200 by the middle of this month. I think that's doable. Let's get to 200 subscribers by the middle of January. Uh, by the end of February, I'd like to be at 300, and then just work. Let's work towards a thousand uh, as we as we continue to go. So I'm, I'm trying to get to a thousand uh, by the time football season kicks off. If we can get to a thousand by the time football kicks off, I'll do a live pregame show every Saturday morning. You heard that right. All right, that's a New Year's resolution. You know what they say about New Year's resolutions, right? Um, but let's get to a thousand, and we'll. Uh, We'll rock and roll. So, um, but thank you for doing everything that you do. But as we close out the show, some more New Year's resolutions, man. I, you know, building building the trenches has got to be something um, that Vandy does this year. They got to make that a priority. Uh, adaptability with the offense has got to be something Vandy makes priority. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, you know, being physical, being imposing, and being a team that, again, Seems to be on the same page. A lot of times with this Vandy defense, and you and it just bled over to basketball. Uh, so this is a common theme here. But uh, another thing that that I noticed about this Vandy defense on the football field is that they couldn't seem to communicate very well, especially on the back end. There's a lot of busts. There's a lot of big open plays. There was a lot of like, I don't know, guys that were you thought were. We're in the right position, but weren't like there's a lot of of that of guys looking around like what the heck just you know how was he wide open you know um, lots of it just and it seemed like teams were teams that were more physical were able to swallow up the defensive line and linebackers were able to run extremely well so making run defense a priority as well is going to be huge. They've got to find somebody that can replace Ethan Barr. I think that's I think that's impre- not not impressive. That's imperative to do if you want to uh, build this defense. But uh, I think you know, again, just finding that identity on defense, just like offense. You're you're getting a new you're getting a new system, new 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 way of calling plays, new way of game planning, things like that. With Clark Lee taking over the defense, and we'll kind of go over what to expect there, but. Again, you got to find an identity, you, and that identity. If you watch the Notre Dame teams that that he was coordinating, I think the four years, pr- the four seasons prior, five seasons prior to him taking over Vanderbilt. If you look at those teams and look at how they play on defense, you'll notice that they're really physical, downhill, uh, tough defenses that that pride themselves in making you work for every yard. And I think if Vanderbilt can do that, you can force mistakes. You can force teams to – if you force teams to earn their yardage, it makes them have to buckle down and be on point. If you don't, teams don't have to really necessarily be on point. They can play – like if you, if, you, if you have bad defense with no identity and no communication, bad – like a team can come in and play bad and, and score 49 points on you. Because it's like one play drive, three play drive, two play drive, you know, and they don't necessarily have to be on their peak performance and they don't necessarily have to be sharp to beat you. If you're on the same page, teams have to execute. And the more you make them as many times as you make them execute, the when you get 
I would love to see the studies on this, but when you get above six plays in, a, in an offensive drive, the percentage of scoring goes way down. I, I would, I would be, I would venture to guess because you know the more plays you have, the more opportunity you have on defense to force them into a mistake, and it happens. Penalties, turnovers, drive killers, things like that that prevent points, and that can turn momentum. Because if if you have a if you have an offense that's slogging along and you're just you're just you just grinded this game to a halt uh, because your defense is just being physical and, and being stingy, that frustrates teams and that team that causes teams to press. Offensive coordinators hate that when when you can't get anything going on offense because the defense is just it just seems like it just seems like they're playing with fifteen guys. It's so, it's so frustrating that you're gonna you're gonna get out of character and take unnecessary shots because you feel like you have to, and you get out of your game plan. And teams that do that typically lose uh, because they end up making some sort of mistake, some sort of backbreaking mistake, pick something like that. So it happened in Kentucky, uh, not last year, year before last. Uh, that's what happened against Florida year before last. That's the reason why Vanderbilt won those two games that they weren't supposed to win. It's because they forced those teams into making mistakes. They played really good defense, and they took advantage of opportunities on offense. And you have to do that. So find an identity on defense. That's your last. That's the last New Year's resolution I'm going to leave you with. And then we're going to talk about some scheme stuff in future episodes. So, um, But that's going to do it for us here on this New Year's Day edition of the Lockdown Vandy podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Um, we thank you for listening. If you're an everydayer, thank you. If you're not an everydayer yet, you should be because you're going to miss out on all the fun. And if you miss out on all the fun, don't come blaming me. So anyway, but that's going to do it for us. Uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow. Hope you had a happy new year. Hope you enjoyed all your bowl games. Um, so you certainly probably didn't enjoy the Georgia-Florida State game. That game was uh, brutal. 60 burger. So uh, until next time, anchor down.